Merry Christmas. If you would, turn to the passage that I've chosen for this Christmas morning sermon. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 18. I will be reading most of it. I will skip a couple verses. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 18. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, I was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. And then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, John, fear not. I am the first and the last. And the living one, I died. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Blessed is the reading of God's holy, infallible, and errant, powerful word. 
to our hearts, our souls, our minds, to the glory of His holy name. Amen. Father, let us see. Let any who have not seen see. See the light that has come into the world. See the purpose for their existence and for anything that exists outside of you. The glory of your Son in the salvation of sinners. Amen. This is not the first time that John, a fisherman from an obscure village on the Sea of Galilee, it's not the first time he met the Son of Man. So let's, let's flash back about 98 years before John hears these words from Jesus on that island. Fear not. I'm the first and the last, the living one. Yes, I died. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. This, this flashback will make sense of those words. I died. And I'm alive forevermore. Because this person speaking to him, the creator of the universe, who is without beginning, could not die unless he was born. And so, almost a hundred years before in 4 BC, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin named Mary and said to her, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end, Mary. She is going to have some explaining to do. And so under those very bizarre circumstances, the angel was sent to Mary's fiancé to reassure him, saying that Mary is not lying. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, because that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son in you. You shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Nine months later, Jesus was born in a stable and his mother nursed him. 
until he was weaned and he became a toddler and then a little boy. And when he was about nine years old, another baby was born in a village on the Sea of Galilee called Bethsaida. And just as Jesus was, this baby boy was also circumcised as the sign of the old covenant on the eighth day of his life. And both of these boys, they grew up being trained in the scriptures in this rural area in northern Israel. And so when John, the son of Zebedee, was about three years old and playing with his wooden blocks, there was a 12-year-old boy who made the journey to Jerusalem with his family for the feast of the Passover. And when the time to make the journey home came, that 12-year-old boy was found in the temple listening and inquiring posing questions of the teachers of the law of Moses. And a crowd gathered, and they even heard his own answers. And they were stunned. Years then passed as that three-year-old grows into a 21-year-old fisherman. And that 12-year-old grows into a 30-year-old carpenter. And about that time, there was a wild man, referred to as John the Baptizer, making a big stir down by the Jordan River. And one day, this carpenter showed up and told John, Baptize me. And that was the turning point from his furniture building business to his preaching and his teaching and his healing ministry throughout the region of Galilee until one day on a beach he said to this 21-year-old John and his brother, leave your fishing business behind and come, follow me. So now John the student in Yeshua, Joshua, we know him as Jesus, his teacher, became good friends. For three years, at least, they developed a very close bond. These two young men who grew up in the same region with the same accent in lower middle class homes. 70 miles north of Jerusalem. Jesus and John and, and many others lived together, traveled together, camped and ate and did life and ministry together. John trusted his friend, his teacher. John loved him. And John knew that he was loved back. But at the time, 
John didn't know what to make of some of the strange statements his friend would make. One day, John and his brother got a really big puffed up head and in their arrogance thinking they somehow deserved seats of preeminence over the others sitting next to Jesus in this kingdom that he keeps talking about. And Jesus found an opportunity to teach them and the others a lesson by saying, Guys, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And th their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Because even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom price for many. It was that last statement that was impossible for John to grasp at the time. On other occasions, he, he, he would hear his friends say things like, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised. But at the time, he didn't understand it. But months later, after that last trip to Jerusalem, John would find out from Jesus' mom that a man came up to her in the temple when her new baby was only six weeks old. And she said, John, he took Jesus into his arms and he said to me this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many within Israel and for a sign that is opposed in order that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed and John he looked me in the eye and he said, Woman, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And it did, John. It did. John then flashed back to that day in the temple grounds when Jesus was in a very contentious dialogue with a bunch of his fellow Jews and John heard him say, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. John didn't have a clue what he was talking about at the time. But now, 
after Jesus' death and resurrection, that statement came rushing back through his memory. And then in the days and weeks to come over meals and long talks with the 52-year-old mother of his best friend, she would lead John to flash back to Christmas night. And she said to him, John, let me tell you about some shepherds who came to that animal stall while Jesus was asleep in the feeding trough. They just came up to us and they said, that's the baby. We were told we would find the baby lying in a manger. And then, John, they told me an extraordinary story of what happened to them out in the fields with their sheep. They, they said an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were utterly terrified. But they said, the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord. But that's not all, John. They then told us that while they were out in the field, all of a sudden, thousands upon thousands of angels joined the other angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. That's the connection to what John would encounter decades later as an old man when his friend would say to him on that island on Sunday, Fear not. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. In other words, He had to come into the world this way, the way that the shepherds saw Him. A baby lying in a manger. A real human being born in order that he may die. John loved him. He reclined right next to him at Jesus' last Passover meal. The next day he walked with Mary Jesus' mom and the other women through the streets of Jerusalem, following the crowd, outside the gate to a hill. 
And he watched for hours as his teacher, his friend, suffered the terrible agony of a Roman crucifixion. And then towards the end, his friend locked eyes with his and trying to catch his breath said, John, my mom is now your mom. few minutes later that baby who was in a manger died and John got it he took Mary in and cared for her and in just a few days in disillusionment In horrific grief, John woke up from very little sleep on that next Sunday morning to hear the voice of Mary Magdalene rush through the door, exclaiming, Someone moved the stone! It's open! They've taken Jesus out and we don't know where they've laid Him. John, Peter, we're gone out that door. Running through the streets of Jerusalem outside the gate to the tomb. And when John went into the cave and saw his friend's mummified body was not in those cloth wrappings, but must have somehow passed right through them, he believed. And it only got better as that Sunday when the sun went down in a locked room. His friend showed up and stood in front of him and spoke to him and ate and drank with him. And it was only one of so many other experiences just like that over the next six weeks. And so John the fisherman, now a fisher of men, he spent the next six decades testifying about his fellow Galilean, his friend, his God, and his creator, who through Mary became a human being so that he could die and decades later once again appear to his friend John on the Isle of Patmos and say to him, John, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. Yes, I died. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. 
This is what Christmas is all about. This is why John for decades went about testifying that which was from the beginning, which, which I've heard, which I've seen with my own eyes, which I've looked upon and touched with my hands concerning the word of life. The life it was made manifest. And I've seen it. And I've testified to it. And I proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father. And was made manifest to me and to many, many others. And, and that which we have seen and we proclaim to you, we do so so that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with God the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And then on that island, at the close of the vision that the Lord gave him on that Sunday, the one who was a baby lying in a manger, said to him, John, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you to testify about the things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. And surely, I am coming soon. And then John turned his pen to everyone who would receive and embrace his friend to be saved. And he says to us, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. That's why we sing songs like Away in the Manger. A manger. A baby is born. The crown he'll be given will pierce him with thorns. The blameless Lord Jesus will die in our place his mercy will triumph and death will be slain. The risen Lord Jesus forever will reign. Let us stand and lift high the name of our Savior.
servant was born. Need nothing to raise up the helpless and poor with grace as his burden and love as his rule. The gentle Lord Jesus will shepherd our souls. <coughs> Away in a manger a Savior is born. The crown he'll be given will pierce him with thorns. The King will be cursed with our sin and our shame. The blameless Lord Jesus will die in our place. Away in a manger, a lion is born. The darkness will his mighty roar, his mercy will triumph, and death will be slain. The risen Lord Jesus will Forever, we lift high the name. 